It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's good to have you here. And something that I did not expect, uh, but, uh, you know, it doesn't, uh, shouldn't surprise us, but, uh, Today, my guest is Norm Blumenthal, and you, you guys know Norm by now. Norm uh, protects consumers and workers like you, like you and I, and uh, something that he brought to my attention, and I wanted to have him come on the show and talk about this, and that is that wage theft happens more often than we think, and, and the reason that this shocks me is because, for heaven's sakes, we're in 2022. How is this still so pervasive? Anyway, like I said, Norm Blumenthal is on the show today. He's an attorney for workers and consumers, selected as one of top attorneys in Southern California. Also, Norm was inducted and recognized as one of America's most trusted lawyers in employment law. Norm Blumenthal, welcome back. Nice to be back, Bert. Uh, Yeah, a really interesting subject, wage theft. Uh, To start off with, um, people uh, would ask themselves, well, what is wage theft? We know about employees taking money from the, the company and having, uh, you know, checks that uh, they're not entitled to. We always hear about the things that employees do, but we never quite hear about what employers do, how they steal time from the employee without compensation. That's wage theft. And it's very, in California anyway, and I suspect throughout the country, it's very insidious how they do it. Um, the concept is, and in, in, in the companies and how they do it uh, with their their teams, are when you get to work on the company, uh, they they start talking to you about being a team player, working for the company, uh, making money for the company because the more the company makes, the more you're going to make, and be part of the group. And hey, when you come in in the morning, you know, don't. Don't and you come in early and work 15 minutes. That's a, being a good team player. But don't punch in. Wait that extra 15 minutes before you punch in uh, on your time. So you come in at 8:45 and you punch in at nine, or you come in at 6:45 and you punch in at seven. And uh, you know the real team players, they work through lunch. You know you can eat at your desk if you got a desk job. But that's what I want to see. And they start complimenting you. You know, I can see you're a real team player. And at the end of the day, when it's time to clock out, you you punch out and then you work a little bit extra. And that that's how it's happening without being reported because everybody wants to be a team player. Everybody wants the boss to like them. Everybody would like to get a little uh, raise. So at the, at the end of the day, when you do this you're basically they're stealing money from you you're giving them your time for free and that is is part and parcel of of what you see as as wage theft that's going on and this this is only part of it there's also at at the smaller level there's wage theft where uh, people literally work uh, 12 hours a day and uh, get paid for six and and you know we, there's there's cases like that and the problem is 
you know, we've talked about this many times before, and it's it's a, a balancing act of fear and greed. And if the company has no fear of of, of anybody uh, punishing them, of uh, the government coming in, or, for example, in California, in the Private Attorney General Act, or attorneys uh, coming in and and representing a group, if they have no fear of that because they have arbitration agreements. Uh, in place where you you end up you, you literally can't bring an action and if you do you 99% of the time you're going to lose an arbitration anyway but these concepts so they have no fear now you know and and, and rightly so and it's getting worse in the well um, and, and I want to I want to ask you this I, I I I think I know the answer but I want I don't want to assume I want to I want to get your thoughts on this we're not talking about companies taking advantage of undocumented workers or somebody that's here illegally paying them under the table. We're talking about companies just taking advantage of employees across the board, right? Exactly. And that's, that's how they do it. They take, they just basically, they have a psychology the, you know, the, the team psychology, the, the, the corporate mentality you know, and, and all of a sudden, if you're not a team player, guess where you are? You're on the outside looking in. So people get to know that, and, you know, the word gets out, hey, you've got to be a team player here. So this, this is, these are all, you know, hardcore U.S. citizens, hardworking uh, people that work in, the, in, these, in these places. And in companies, the, the, the smaller companies without arbitration agreements, the, they're just as bad as, as the large corporations. You know, it goes up and down the line, and the smaller you are, and with, there's literally no recourse um, with an arbitration agreement. And even if you don't have one, uh, for example, a lady was working, they were, they were, she was working 12 hours a day. They uh, paid her for six. So she went to the labor commissioner uh, when she left and filed a complaint, which was supposed to be heard in 120 days. But because of all the backlog, a thousand days later, she gets her hearing. She gets a judgment for uh, over a hundred thousand dollars, and the company goes bankrupt. Mm. So there's, you know, the smaller companies they just have one corporate name after another, and they go into business uh, with somebody else. So you have a, a, a real problem. Because there is no ability, no funding for the government to process claims. And so that's where we've come in. With the, in California, we have over 1.6 million businesses now. And the government inspectors in the last uh, year were able to uh, conduct uh, under 2,000 investigations so you, you you know what are the chances of you being investigated very very small and that's where the private attorney general act came in and it turned it around it uh, gave the uh, individuals representative power because they could bring an action a representative action of all the employees for example the cases with employee theft of wages for the uh, being a team player well, one guy goes to an attorney, and he says, you know, I was, I, I'm not going to do this. I'm, I want my lunch. I want my rest breaks. I want to 
uh, be paid for the hours I work. I want you know the company to be honest, and I want them to treat all the employees honest. So what the Private Attorney General Act did, it allowed that one person to be a representative for all the employees. And because of that, because there was enough money involved, attorneys came in and uh, took the cases on a contingency fee basis. And 75% of the money uh, actually collected as penalties went back to the government. And last year in California, not only did the government not pay for uh, attorneys, they collected an additional $88 million in revenues to have for labor enforcement for other claims. And so that's the importance of the Private Attorney General Act. It allows people to organize and bring representative actions against these companies that are stealing their, their uh, wages. And so it all ties in. Uh, and, of course, companies now have talked about this, that, you know, it's, it, it basically is an adversary system. The companies and management on the one hand and employees on the other hand Companies now in California in the 2024 election cycle are going to bring a referendum to abolish the Private Attorney General Act, essentially. And so that's where we stand because they don't want enforcement. Right. Because they, they have fear. There's a, they, it creates, right now, it creates a fear in California. You think twice before you cheat to compete. And well, once you get rid- and, and it's just it's just part of human nature. We don't want to be held accountable, and so of course they're going to do whatever they can to disrupt or take down uh, the Private Attorney General Act. And, and so it's just it's just uh, what do you call it? It's uh, that adversarial system, right? Hey, if we can remove this check, you know, then that's going to help us continue this cheating that we've been doing right and so it makes sense right. why they want to take it down yeah and and you know then the cheating becomes well you know the guy across the street and i'm competing against i know he's cheating because i've had people come over to me and say you know i have I'm, i'd rather work for you because the guy across the street he won't pay me for my time i work he won't pay me for my lunch breaks he won't give me my rest breaks and then you, all of a sudden, you've got to compete with him, and you can't because, you know, in, in the larger settings, uh, you can't compete with the cheater, if, uh, and, and you know there's no consequences for cheating because they take away the enforcement provisions. So that's what, where the employers are now. They're so desperate to be able to cheat that they want to get rid of the laws that protect the employees from the cheaters. Right. And, so, and, and, and what's so simple, you know, what's so funny about this, the, the simplest thing to do is just to abide by the law, and you don't have to worry about this. Exactly, and that, you know, but that's what comes in is when you see the guy across the street, he's cheating and he's taking away your business, well, you're going to join the club because there's no consequences. And, you know, they, again, brings you back to fear and greed. And uh, if you have no fear of consequences, you are going to perform acts that you otherwise wouldn't do. You'd be honest because, look, let's face it, there's just, you know, most companies are honest. Let's assume that anyway for the, for the most part. But when it, it, it gets to a situation where you see that everybody else is getting away with cheating, the, the chances are that a, a number, of course not all, but a number of those companies will cheat 
and more will when there's no consequences. It's just because there's no fear, and and there's all greed. It's just human nature, and you have to deal with human nature, and that's that's what we that's what we do. I mean, we see these cases every day, and these companies they issue pay stubs that are incomprehensible. You, you don't know what your overtime reg, regular rate is. You can't tell. You aren't being paid for all your hours. You aren't being paid the correct amount. And they're able to get away with it uh, for the most part. And now that uh, the, the companies have have a, essentially they're going to come down. There will be another case coming down in California. But PAGA would manage to survive the Supreme Court test in Viking uh, for all practical purposes, it'll it'll still exist, and so the only chance out is in uh, 2024 is a referendum, and so we need to start educating the public now to uh, vote against this referendum that would abolish PAGA. Uh, and what they want to do is they're very cute about it. The referendum, oh, we're not going to abolish PAGA. We're going to put it back in the hands of the government because these greedy attorneys. Oh, they're taking money uh, from the uh, recovery, and that's what's causing these cases to uh, to be uh, brought, and there's no merit to them. That's completely ridiculous. If there's no merit to the case, uh, they can prove it, and and, uh, the attorneys would be uh, punished for bringing a frivolous claim. But that's not the case. You don't see that. It doesn't exist. Uh, And they live in fear of PAGA. And in living in fear of PAGA, that gives that causes them to be honest, and that's the whole idea behind the Private Attorney General Act. It's not going to make attorneys rich, it's not going to make the individuals rich, it's not going to make the government rich, but it's going to be enough of a deterrent to, to keep the employees in their job and being paid the amounts they're entitled to and uh, and wage theft. So that's the concept, and, uh, you know, it's just following human nature. And if we do that and we have common sense, Bert, we can make every every state across the country, starting with California as, as the leader, and these employers will have to be honest and uh, and comply with the law. Sure. You know what, and, and, and what, what really stinks about all this is that in most cases, you're looking at people that are most vulnerable who desperately need these jobs, and that's why they put up with this kind of abuse, right? And So not only are they not getting paid a livable wage, but on top of that, they're being asked to work for free, in, in, and it's just, what do you call it, uh, just taking advantage of some seriously uh, – Desperate people. Yeah, there's and and part of it is it's it's much worse than we know because a lot of this is uh, independent contractors. For example, in manufacturing or hospitality, uh, agricultural, construction, domestic workers, uh, people go out and uh, hire um, uh, independent contractors. Right. So you you and so the independent contractor then has people working for them. And what ends up happening is they're bringing in these groups of, of people, and uh, they call this uh, labor trafficking. It's not 
you know, we've all heard about the terrible cases with sex trafficking. This is not sex, it has nothing to do with that. This is other forms of it. These are not illegals. They're legals uh, that come in here with visas uh, to work, and they get, they're looking for a job. You know, obviously a lot of them, uh, English is not their first language. And they're getting together, for example, in a hotel, and the hotel hires XYZ company as an independent contractor, give me uh, maid service. And so what they do is they, then they charge the company, and they bring in these people to, to give them the maid service, and they work them 12 hours a day and, and pay them uh, for six or pay them under the minimum wage, and there's there's really nothing uh, that the company that's paying it doesn't doesn't know about it, and the company that's receiving it, the independent contractor, as soon as there's an investigation, they disappear. So this is what you have here, and that is is labor trafficking, and it, it's it's a problem. That's a whole other problem that that where they take advantage of um, of, of poor, um, you know. And it's unscrupulous what they do, and that's the worst kind of wage theft that we have here. But it exists, and and people are are working below the minimum wage, and they're working in groups um, through these independent contractors. And it, if you have people, you just can't get enough labor enforcement to uh, protect everybody from everything. And there's really no protection on these independent contractors, uh, by and large. And if they take away the Private Attorney General Act, it's only going to get worse because there's less enforcement on these uh, acts that take place. And you, individuals, attorneys, if they can't make a living wage, on, on the, an attorney can't make it on a contingency basis, they're not going to take a case, and none of these individuals can afford their, their own attorney. So none of these cases get prosecuted, and the employers know it. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? And this is, this is a, to me, a, a great example of the difference or differences that a lawyer makes uh, or can make. And a lot of people, you know, they make fun of lawyers, especially the lawyers that advertise on TV for the, you know, for the accidents and what do they call them, ambulance chasers. It, but the reality is there, America owes a great tribute uh, to lawyers. I mean, you know, from education to safety uh, to medicine, you know, lawyers can, you know, continue to make a difference in people's lives. And a lot of times you just never hear about why we have this regulation or why we have this protection but it's because there was an abuse that was happening and a lawyer stepped in and corrected it. Yeah, and in no, some cases and, and in some cases it's not like a it's not a financially motivated thing. Uh, you know, Brown B versus the, the, the Board of Education. It's it's not like, you know, that that's the uh, I, th I believe I'm I'm quoting that case correctly, but that you know, there wasn't. It wasn't like that attorney in that case walked away with millions of dollars that you hear about some of these class actions. Sometimes it's just about justice and correcting a wrong. Yeah, I think it's both. Um, I I don't think you're going to find you know the uh, you, you you will find um, 
uh, attorneys that do do pro bono work, what you're saying, and do it, you know, for nothing, or and they they exist, and that's a whole other aspect of people that that need help. But at the end of the day, when there there's a, a system where there's a financial reward, regardless of the industry, by having a defective product, by not by having a defective service, by uh, injury, you know, uh, causing the drug that causes cancer or asbestosis. I mean, there's a lot of issues out there. You just the attorney has to have the incentive to go out there and say, okay, I'm going to spend the hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars to get to the bottom of this and I'm going to hire the experts that will you know pull away the corporate veil and expose the uh, the problems with with the product with product liability cases or the or an injury and you have to have that incentive for the attorneys without that incentive your financial incentive you're just they're just not going to spend their time and their money taking the risk of getting zero. Right. So oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying that that they shouldn't. Uh and like you pointed out, they're the ones taking the risk. They're the ones that are laying out hundreds if not millions of dollars and in some cases they have a they'll have a staff of 5, 10, 15 people working on a case. So yes, absolutely. They're taking on the risk, so they they deserve the reward just like anybody else does. But my point being is that it's not always money driven. Uh, you know, I believe that uh, there are you know sometimes it's pro bono, sometimes it's just somebody correcting a wrong, somebody sometimes it's just making just like a PAGA case, it's making these corporate wrongdoers correct a behavior and, and and if it wasn't for uh what do you call it uh attorneys willing to take that risk attorneys willing to do that we'd be in we'd be in a, in a world of hurt it would be chaos out there it'd be the it'd be like the wild wild west again yeah and that that's what you need i mean i've had uh, cases um that have been unsuccessful that were I've, you know, had to uh, pay in cost um, for the other side, not just cost for my side, but millions of dollars, uh, right. because uh, that's just the way the case came out. But that was right. the risk that, that, you know, I chose to take. It's the risk that other attorneys choose to take. And you have to have that incentive out there, because without the attorneys, you can only imagine what what the United States would look at look like in terms of uh, where we are, we would be, a, you know, a third world country. Because right, right. Uh, w- without attorneys, you know, it started out seat belts and um, uh, car safety. You know, Ralph Nader uh, started that out, and everybody thought he was crazy. But look, look what he's done to the automobile. We have, you know, it's a safe automobile. Air pollution from automobiles. We've gotten that down. We're, we're moving in the direction, you know, Drugs. I mean, the drugs on the market uh, are all tested and retested because of the, of the potential liability exposure for the drug companies. So there, it, and it, so, and the same thing in you know my area of law and the employment practices. Uh, without the regulation and the fear of being prosecuted and the reward of of being able to successfully prosecute these companies, it's just it's going to be open season on employees and it's just going to get worse 
And so the you know the old team team player. Um, the fact is, if you can't find an attorney to take your case because it's too small and you can't organize in a private attorney general action, um, you are not going to be able to. Uh, that company will be able to continue to cheat to compete. And um, it, it's really insidious how they're able to do it, um, you know, with this the, the psychology they use for the group activity. Let me ask you this. Here we are, uh, midterms are upon us. If you were talking to a room full of Californians uh, and, and, of course, um, also thinking down the road, because uh, if it happens in California, it usually happens uh, nationwide eventually. But if you were talking to a bunch of people there, what, what advice would you give them as far as uh, holding these companies uh, accountable? Is there something that is there is there something that they can do to vote down this uh, this this uh, what is it referendum? Yeah, I think the well, when it comes up, you know, obviously the referendum itself is is just being able to vote against it. But, and, you know, we have in California, we're we're a blue state, so we have and we have you know the best laws in the country in terms of uh, protection for uh, uh, employees, protection, you know, at the air. We're we're going to be um, uh, basically neutral on carbon by uh, 2035. So, I mean, we have these these laws, and the reason we have it is because, and we have protection of women's right to choose. Um, so we have all of these uh, rights that exist here that don't exist in, in other states. And the reason we have them is because we're a blue state. And I think you just have to, wherever you are across the country, um, some of the of the things of the of the democrats you may not love them all but if you're going to protect your own interests and uh, protect your your rights because you're you're losing rights your women's right to choose is 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 gone uh in in you know majority of states so to turn all of this around and to get all assault weapons off off the streets I mean, in order to be able to do this and to have uh, some protection, you need to, to vote for Democrats. So at the end of the day, um, you may not love all the, the Democrats, but it, it, you know you're going to get a known quantity. Democrat and Republicans are, are fairly divided, and Republicans are pro-management. They uh, don't want any regulations. They don't want any protection for the little guy. They don't want any taxes. They don't want. They don't want government involved in anything. And they think that that this is this is going to work, and it doesn't. And you can see it across the country now that the Supreme Court has has taken this uh, states' rights stand, where every state stands on it, its own. Wherever you are, you should vote blue. I mean, it's just. It makes all the sense in the world if you want to protect yourself. And, you know, look at Texas with uh, Beto, I mean, Abbott. I mean, that's a, a clear choice there. Do you want the protections or don't you? If, if you, right. if you you know, that's that's going to be a decision. Arizona, the choices are clear, too. I think the choices have never been more clear than in this election between the um, 
philosophies of the uh, Democrats versus the Republicans. And if you're, you know, all, you, you get the, with both parties, you, you know, you get what you choose. The Democrats, you're going to have the, um, they're going to be leaning towards employees and, and right, rights and protection. And the uh, Republicans are going to be leading, leaning toward no government um, involvement um, in in any situation except when, you know, of course, with this woman's right to choose. That's now they decided they wanted to be involved. So go figure that out. Um, so that's what I would urge. I would urge everybody out there to uh, come up November to uh, vote for the Democrats down the ticket, up and down the ticket, and uh, get a get. You know, you get what you vote. You get what you vote for. Right, and and you know something that that you've always espoused, which to me makes sense. You vote with your pocketbook, and and if you happen to be uh, an individual who thinks that, you know, corporations are going to have your back, then that's who you need to vote for. If you think that, uh, uh, you know, somebody else is going to be better suited to protect you, then that's who you vote for. And bottom line is you vote with your pocketbook. And to me, that makes the most sense. And and this is exactly what politicians do. If, if, if you ever look at a decision that a politician's made and you're scratching your head and you're thinking, why or why did he or she make that decision? Most likely it's going to be money. Money is usually the, the root motivator. Right. Money and, and getting reelected. I, you know, you sure. have these people and, and the, the idea behind the Republicans, sure, they want the, the money. And so they, their management and they get a lot of money from uh, sure. from big companies, and uh, they vote that way. And um, this is where they stand, and they take uh, uh, certain social issues uh, to an extreme uh, with guns and, and women's <clears throat> rights to choose, and they, that gets them additional voting power. And that's what you get. You get what you pay. You know, basically, you get your vote. You're going to get it. You you want. Look, if you're a multi multi millionaire, I would vote for a for a Republican. I, I understand that. And uh, but if you're a working stiff like uh, most people, then uh, I'd vote for a Democrat because that's the the, the guy that's going to protect you with uh, your health insurance. I mean, the Republicans want to do away with Social Security. They want to do right. away with Medicare. You know, we're finally getting uh, competition in drug pricing. I mean, how long has that taken? But it's in this last bill, and we're getting some money spent on, you know, protecting the climate. How long has that taken? But there, we're making inroads, even with this uh, 50-50 Senate, and a and a House that has a, a thin majority for the Democrats. But up and down every ticket, if you want to protect the climate, if you want to protect Medicare, if you want to protect Social Security, if you want to protect your pocketbook, if you want to protect minimum wage, you want to protect employees. Then you got to vote for the, the Democrat. It just makes all the sense in the world. Absolutely, Norm. Hey, thank you so much. We're out of time. As always, Norm, thank you so much for stopping by. It's a pleasure, my friend. Yes, sir, Bert. Thank you, and you too. Have a good, good day. Good stuff there from Norm Blumenthal, employment lawyer Norm Blumenthal. If you have questions, maybe you like what he said, maybe you don't like what he said, drop us a comment. But if you have questions and you want to reach out to Norm and his team, you can go to BAMLawCA.com. That's BAM, B-A-M, 
lawca.com. As always, my friends, thank you so much for being here. I totally, totally appreciate it. It's because of you that our show continues to grow and we're on all the major platforms. As always, my friends, please share this episode and remember you were created to be. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch and check out our website at moneyforlunch.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.